This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All right, so those of you who are reading, uh, we're doing all 66 books this year, and this week was 62, 63, and 60. Four. So if you haven't been tracking the numbers, because somewhere in the middle you're like, I don't know if this is 41 or whatever that number is, you're close enough now you can do the math. We read 62, 63, uh, and 64. Uh, now this whole past year, hopefully some of you have reset patterns. I've had many of you over the months have told me. Uh, just reading scripture has now become part of what you do. Uh, there's a couple of you who have already told me. I mean, they've said, hey, you know what, Pastor, we actually finished a few weeks ago, and we're actually in Chronicles, Kings, and other books. They're, they're, they're engaged. You see, it's changed a portion of how they live. It's very exciting. The goal isn't just to read it, but to make sure that reading it becomes something that is central uh, to who we are and how we actually look. Now, the three letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John uh, are likely written to churches in Asia Minor, uh, which we would know today as modern-day Turkey. So you can kind of sit there and say, all right, so these are the churches that John's writing to. And in the late 1st century, as we even looked a little bit in Bible class that comes before our worship time, we were unpacking how some of that may look because the doctrines that are popping up, the teachings in the, in the late first century, people are asking new questions. Just like your parents didn't ask, what is the protocol for texting in church? Do you know that? When your parents went to church, they never asked that question. Anyone know why? Right, it, it didn't exist. So sometimes when you wonder, like, well, why didn't the church address this? Some questions weren't even asked uh, until a little bit later. So as we watch 1 John move forward, new questions are there. Now, one of the things that's interesting about how we combat challenges in church is we listen for buzzwords, words that mean we're safe. And I want to offer you a couple that sometimes will make people safe when they, when they lead a conversation in church. Here's one. Jesus said that. Like that that's kind of a safe thing. You go, okay, okay, words of Jesus, I get it. You may also hear someone use this. In the words of St. Paul from Romans chapter 6, all right, people are like, all right, Romans 6, all right, get it. This is Paul, or just Romans in general. You're kind of, I'm comfortable there. Uh, you might say, Moses taught people saying that. You're like, all right, so these are kind of three big hitters, and there's a whole lot I'm not naming. And then there's another tier that I'd suggest to you that kind of sets people at ease. Uh, when we think about songs and hymns that we have, uh, it's possible that someone would say, hey, what we're hearing today, that's exactly like the hymn. Or that sounds a lot like the text from that hymn. Things where you go, I've, I've heard that enough that that seems to be comfortable where I am. So I'm sharing that because how you discern things in life, how you decide what's in bounds and out of bounds is really important. And that's first, second, uh, and to some extent also third John. Being real clear, there's stuff that's in bounds and there's stuff that's clearly out of bounds. So what do we make of this Jesus uh, when someone says, hey, here's what's happening. So let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So we've got the question, what about Jesus? And here we are, likely about 90 AD, uh, when 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are written, uh, perhaps even to the, the church or from Ephesus. John writes this towards the latter portion of that first letter. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. So we're asking the question of discernment. How is it that you decide what you listen to and what you don't? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So there's a lot of people who are going to say things 
but not everyone saying the right things. Uh, this is a, a really interesting life lesson to learn. Uh, not everyone who's a teacher is a good teacher. Not every professor is actually a good professor. Uh, and sadly, not every brother or sister is a great brother or sister. Not every mother or father is a great mother or father. I mean, there's lots of different roles. So I'm not trying to make this a teaching process. Just realizing, be aware of what you're allowing to influence your life. Now, think about your food. Do you guys look at the ingredients of the food you eat? Okay. Yeah, so a, a lot of you, and this is, I would say, in the last couple of decades, we've become more aware of that. Like, you're aware when you look at the ingredient list, if you can't pronounce what's in there, learn. I'm not saying you can't eat it. I mean, it would rule out things like Twinkies. I'm sorry. I mean, it, <laughs> some of you are like, I've already, I've already ruled those out. I mean, I don't know. They keep But I'm just sharing, like, be aware. I mean, some of the big words, like, when you find out, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that's what that's called officially. I just called it, like, white stuff gray stuff, you know, just whatever that would be. I didn't know that's what marshmallow's really made of. I mean, all those things. But I'm just sure, be aware of what you're actually digesting. Remember, the stuff you put in it is what energizes you. I don't know if you think about that with your, your food. Like, anyone ever go to the gas station and pump water in your gas tank? Now, why would you not do that? It's cheaper. Right? But when you think about food, you're like, well, I could either get this really expensive natural stuff or I could get this really inexpensive cheap stuff. And then you wonder why your car doesn't work as well. All of you probably has or have heard the story of the person who accidentally put the, oops, wrong colored handle of the gas station in their car and then had to call mom or dad because the car doesn't what? Run, because it turns out diesel doesn't work real well in a gasoline-powered car or vice versa. Uh, that you just kind of get there. So it's being aware, what is it that you're putting into you? But we're not talking about food this morning. I want to get you to realize what's the information uh, that you're allowing into your life. So 1 John 4, 2 and 3, we continue in that same fourth chapter. By this you know the Spirit of God. So we're talking about testing people who are teaching you. By this you'll know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Now, I hope, that, did you catch verse 3? Look at verse 3 again, and you're like, they're not numbered, Pastor. You stripped them out. I know. Here's verse 3. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming. Here's what I'm bringing up. John told them challenge was coming. False teachers would be there. So when people are like, I can't believe people are saying that. From the very beginning, the people are warned about false teachers. Is that a New Testament thing? And all God's people said, no. It's very much in the Old Testament. Do you remember when they came into the promised land? What did God tell them? Don't follow any other gods. And they got in and they said, I mean, you look nice. I mean, you, you, I mean, you seem like a good neighbor. I mean, like a good neighbor, they're all here. So we'll just keep them. It's being aware of what's in bounds and out of bounds. There is stuff that's out of bounds, and we have to be cautious and discerning as we go through the text. Verse 4 through 6 develops it further. Little children, you're from God. Isn't that a neat term? Think about this. He's not writing like, this is uniquely written to fourth graders. No. This is actually a term of endearment. Little children. God's got you. This is a great thing. You guys remember being kids and being loved? You guys ever remember being hugged by your grandparents? It's a cool thing. 
just to like feel the warmth. I don't know what your grandfather, I, I had one, man, I knew somehow magically his M&M container would always be full, always. Even if my brother and there were two days in a row, I don't know how magically it refilled itself. So did the Oreo bin. Just they were always there. We did not have free access to Oreos, M&Ms, or any other candy in my house. This is what made going to my grandparents. I think this is why we always win. Do you want to go? Yes. And it was an hour drive, you know? Yes, we'll go. My parents, first thing we did, first thing. And we knew the container. Like to this day, a glass jar that interlocks like this, I think M&Ms. I'm sorry, it's just what I do. I, I, and when I look in and someone else has something else in there, I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this? This is not how these work. Little children, you're from God. You have overcome, for he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. The great challenge is God and Satan. It's this combat that's actually happening. We don't want to call it combat because that sounds evil and it sounds divisive and it sounds problematic and, and we'd rather church be happy and, 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 and fluffy and light. Well, John's telling you, here's the real problem. People are going to try to grasp and pull you away from what God's taught you. And I don't want that to be the end of you. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, those that would pull you away. And the world listens to them. You ever wonder why the world gets excited for things that aren't of God? Well, if you wondered, John told us the same thing uh, now about 1,900 years earlier and said, hey, just be aware, the world's going to chase stuff God's not interested in. Don't be shocked by that. So when people go, I can't believe what they said. Instead, you might say, you know, God warned me about this. I, I knew that this would happen. See, just being prepared, it doesn't mean you're not offended, but at least it means you knew it was coming. John didn't want people unprepared. Uh, this is the challenge of when you get to a new, a new job and a new profession and something happens and you go, they didn't teach me this in college. Guess what? They can't teach you everything in college, high school, or even at a technical school. The truth is a lot of what you learn is what? There you go. It's on-the-job training. It doesn't mean that any of your teachers were wrong. Do you realize if they had to teach you everything, we would all still be where? Yeah, we'd still all be in school. Uh, so part of that is just realizing, hey, this is part of it. But John's warning is, I want you to live in the world. I want you there. It's where God intended you to be. But don't confuse the world for something it isn't. It can be a dangerous place where Satan is doing his thing, and I want to make sure you're ready to go out and be God's light. I want you to walk as children of the light. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth. See, so we're listening for God to find the spirit of truth, and then we can also discern the spirit of error and actually being able to call things out. Now, how many of you have a phone on you? It's weird, so you don't have to use it, but if you pull your phone out, it's an interesting thing. Just pull it out and just consider this for a moment. Do you know you could actually look at the Dead Sea Scrolls right now? That is crazy. You could actually, right now, look at fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls from the Qumran community of some of the earliest extant manuscripts of the Old and New Testament. That's astounding. Did you know that through something called the Gutenberg Project, almost every great text of the world is actually available to you free online to read? I mean, almost any book that's... Sorry, I'll be, I'll be a little bit heady. Almost any book worth reading is available uh, in the Gutenberg Project. They don't have all like the printed in the last six years. I'm not, I'm not opposed to recent books. I'm sure great texts where you're like, I could never get it. If you got a phone, you've got it. Now, here's the weird part. With all the information, we have so much more. We have what I'm kind of an information proliferation. And because of it, you have lost the ability to discern what's good and bad. 
And because of it, we're so short in what we actually look at. Now, to date myself, in 1989, uh, the great musician Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. produces a movie. And in his movie called UHF, uh, which is just about a, a small little cheesy television station uh, that he brings back to life using, oddly enough, a character you will future know as Kramer from Seinfeld, uh, a guy named Stanley Spadowski at the time. But in the movie, here's why I bring it up. There's a segment that they do these little commercial things for a show called uh, Conan the Librarian. Okay, so it's a really funny little sketch. So Conan the Librarian looks like Conan, uh, and he's there, and he's very upset when people don't understand the Dewey Decimal System. I mean, Imagine what a Conan figure might do if you don't. And then he asks a young boy, the boy goes, I'm sorry, my books are late. And you can imagine what Conan the librarian does to you when your books are late. But he screams out, he goes, don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? And here's the weird part. Most of kids today have no idea what the Dewey Decimal System is. They are so not discerning with actually getting resources, they get it so quick. Most of our searching now actually happens with Google or some other search engine unfortunately. Uh, and why even do that? Because I can just ask my phone, right? I can just say, hey Siri, tell me about how long the Brooklyn Bridge is. I grew up as a child with a sticker on my phone that said, have a question. Anyone know? Yeah, that's right. Call the library. That's what I knew, man. So when my kids are growing up and the library is there, so what do I do with my young kids? Kids are like, how do we find a book? I said, well, we go ask the librarian. I knew where to find the book, but that's not how I was trained. You got to go to realize librarians know what to do. So you take them to the library, let the librarian teach. So you find this is, this is how you do library, kids. This is how it's done. You know, it's just this interesting, and, and we're losing that. And we're just losing discerning how information goes. Now you're going, what in the world? This is not why I came to church to learn information. Well, think about 1 John. How do you discern the spirit of God and the spirit of error? Think about when you look up who is Jesus. If you were to Google who is Jesus, do you click on the first hit? Because the first hit is obviously the best. And do you actually realize the first hit is actually, and even though it's clearly there, it's a paid ad. But you still click on it because it's, it's, it's the highest. Now, a couple of you are like, no. And the weird part is just so you know it, because I've been taught this, you know they know that. So the people who know this, they actually want to beware. Anyone know? About number three to five. Because that's where they want to sit in Google. And they are actually tracking, I mean, sorry. They track you and they want to intentionally be number three to five because they know you will skip the first few, because they say, well, you always want to weed through. How do you discern between the spirit of God and the spirit of error? I mean, in all this information, it's really an astounding piece. Now look at verse 5. Verse 5 says this, They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. See, many of you in this room have watched the world change just in amazing ways. I'm not trying to scare you. Technology's not a terrible thing. You just have to know what you're facing. Don't be scared of it. Just know that it's actually happened. So as this information is coming forward and people want to find out about churches and find out what church is good or bad, it's sad that there's like a subculture of pastors trying to figure out how can I make my church Google better. Isn't that sad? So I'll have family members like, hey, we're going to a new church. Do you know what I ask them? Hey, who's teaching your teacher? Well, I don't know that. So you have no idea where the person who's preaching to you got their degree. No. They sound good, though. All right. All right. See, that's where I'm like, at least find that out. Know who it is who's actually teaching you. Some of you are like, I don't know where you went to school. Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. So 
So those online are like, well, now I can search that. He told me to add, I'll add that to my Google search before I visit them. Uh, I will now add that. But it's a unique thing. Also, here's another one. Uh, think about libraries and other changes. Do any of you know the difference, and a couple of you will, between an open stack and a closed stack? Yeah, this is a whole other thing completely lost to people. Did you know there was a time, uh, I went to the National Library in Argentina, and to go get information, talk about having to discern, you go in and the only access you have is to the card catalog. And you go through the card catalog, and then you walk up to a person and you say, would you please give me these three books? And then you wait, and you're like, this is weird, people. You get excited. You're like, I'm going to get some books. <laughs> and then you get your books, and you go to a reading room. And man, you dig in, because you're like, I only get access to these books for like two hours, because the books will time out. And if they time out, you've got to go back up and say, may I have a little more time with my books? And they say, Granted, you're like, oh, great, and you go back and you're digging in. But now we actually just Google search and we ask Siri and we do it so quick and we figure, uh, here it is, we don't discern. We don't take time to realize that God actually wants us to process stuff. The very Bible, the great text, again, where I started, you could read any book in the world. You can read the Dead Sea Scrolls and instead, what do we actually read? So I was reading the comments field uh, on this article why are you reading the comments field on some news article? You can access great texts of civilization and you're reading someone who felt an opinion about someone else's opinion on a road closure. I, I mean, really, we're missing out on the big picture of what God's actually presented to us. So what does that actually matter? Well, here's the unique thing. 1 John 5, verse 9. I just want to read this to you and I'll pop up another. I just want you to hear this. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. So catch that again. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. I want you to remember, God's word is more certain than what you hear from your fellow human beings. Do not miss that. The tough part is the human beings that speak to you have the power of what? Their presence. And they look at you and say things like, well, that's foolish for you to think that. I mean, don't you know I learned this when I... And they just spout off all this other stuff. You have no idea to discern the source of what they're saying. Do you remember when Wikipedia first came out? People were like, can't read that. Don't ever cite that. I remember being told earlier, never cite Wikipedia. That is terrible. And now Wikipedia's got sites and other stuff. And on some level, people are kind of like, well, I mean, Wikipedia did say it. I mean, you can all... Maybe you didn't buy the Encyclopedia Britannica when the guy came by to sell it to you. But there was something amazing about having a set in your house where you actually had that information uh, and you could actually get to it. So the weird part is we have every single piece of information you want and it's in a little box that sometimes lives on our hip and some kid's going to tell their parents, the pastor told me I should get a phone now. <laughs> that is not what I am saying, parents. So I'm making sure you know clearly in his sermon he did not say every child needs a phone. I'm just saying it's sad that as adults we have this information proliferation and the very answers we need in Scripture we don't go there. We go Googling for the answer because we want it quick. We want it fast. We won't take time to actually distill information. Some of the greatest learning in your life took more than a day. Some of you are like, yeah, it took more than a year. It's taken a decade. I get it. But we're so fast that we won't accept the fact that something may need to sink in a little bit. The passage moves forward from verse, uh, 1 John 5, 9, the testimony of man and the testimony of God is greater. It says this in verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. That testimony of God, if you believe it, that testimony is in you. It is indwelling in you. 
Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has concerning his son. You know, Matt, if you say there's no, you are actually pushing him out. You are pushing Jesus away saying, I don't believe in what you're doing. I don't believe in what's actually happening in my life. Now remember, the battle against Jesus is not a battle against each of you individually. The battle is actually against God and his authority in this world. You happen to be a representative of that as a child of God. So I can remember uh, people challenging people in, in our neighborhood. And the weird part is if you didn't like a certain grown-up in the neighborhood, do you know who you'd normally go to to yell about that grown-up? They're what? Uh, they're children. I can't believe your mom told me that. I should be able to do whatever I want. I can't believe. See, you, you go after the kids because you're afraid to attack. Satan is going after the children. Remember, the battle is actually Satan's got a problem with God. And he is your father in heaven. And it's going to hurt you when he comes attacking at you. But just remember, <laughs> you're the little target and he's trying to get after the big one. And if he can convince you that there's a problem and get you away, Satan's very happy to do that. Verse 11 and 12 take us in that very direction. This is the testimony. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have his life. Remember, God has sent people ahead all the time. This is what God does. He sends ahead. Think about the, the scriptural narrative. Who was sent first? Moses is sent first to Pharaoh. He gets sent ahead. He gets sent ahead to prepare a way. The scriptures then move us forward. Elijah, as a prophet, is sent ahead to go ahead and prepare a way. Jesus is actually sent ahead of us to open a way for us. Joseph goes ahead into Egypt. See, God is always sending people ahead to prepare the way. And as you read the Scripture, you realize all of those people had great challenge in their life. Moses, Elijah, Joseph, Jesus. But God's always sending people to prepare the way. See, the unique thing is John uh, starts to draw this and he's building it forward. I know this takes us back to the front of the letter, but listen, it's beloved, I'm not writing you, I'm not writing you a new commandment. Isn't that interesting to hear? This is why I wanted to bring up Joseph and Moses and Elijah. None of this is new. Sometimes we're like, it's the New Testament. Yes, I know that we get the revelation more clear of who Jesus is, but even in the old, the commandment was what? Follow God's instruction. Remember what the first task of Israel was? They were supposed to listen. When the church talks more than it listens, that's a problem. It means the church has gotten on its high horse that it's got all the answers. We need to make sure we're a church that listens, reads the word of God, discerns what God's saying, and then speak. Please don't hear me wrong. The church has a lot to say to society today. Uh, and sadly, we've kind of decided that we'll do what? We'll, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, be scared to say things. Even though all of us are like, I wish we'd say something. And collectively, we decide to, maybe we'll say nothing. God says, hey, there's this new peace. <laughs> it's my son and the spirit. And I'd given you that new peace years ago as well. So it's new to you because this is the first time you're hearing it. Remember that as a kid when someone taught you something, you go, man, no one ever taught me that as a child. And your parents hopefully chuckled inside and thought, I told you that every single day. Every single day. I know I did. But for whatever reason, you as a parent got wise enough to realize it wasn't worth having that fight with them at that moment. <laughs> you just thought and go, they finally learned it. <laughs> they finally learned it. And isn't that crazy? They're giving credit to that person. I taught it to them every single day 
of their entire life, and they waited. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. The commandment is one that has not changed. God had promised he would send one who would deliver. 1 John 3, 24, I close with this verse. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Brothers and sisters, the spirit is in us this day as God has promised. May you cling ever faster to him that he, the spirit, would discern for you what is happening in this world where our God is an unchanging God who is Alpha and Omega. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.